0: Monday. <clears throat> Good evening, everybody. So, here we are on a Monday evening, November the 14th, 2022. I'm your host. My name is Frank. This is the Quite Frankly Pre Show. Just a few minutes we spend together sharpening our knives and getting everything in order before we get down to the heavy lifting of the night. Well, it's not going to be that heavy. And Everything usually is pretty smooth. You prepare and everything is smooth. And tonight we've got a great guest coming back. That is Greg Carlwood. He is the host of the Higher Side Chats. Many of you are fans of the show. I was a fan of the show before I was a friend of Greg's. And, um, and now we're going to have him on this this is not this can't be the first time he was on all year i feel like we had him on earlier on in the the year the spring the late the late winter it, it then again it could have been 2021 too everything is just so bizarre um the passage of time is just so bizarre because it's not just the fast it's not just the quick anymore it's also the slog it's a it's a very fast slog It's weird um, but that—that's we're going to be talking about a lot of that quick, 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 quickening tonight with Greg. Because so much is being laid bare right now. It's unbelievable. Let's get into it. First, I want to thank my sponsors tonight. Uh, SecretNatureCBD.com. I had a good time with Secret Nature CBD over the weekend at my guitarist Tom's wonderful wedding in South Long Island. Let me tell you how beautiful Long Island is. It has been years since I drove through Long Island. It's a two and a half hour drive from where we are right now, just because it's so well uh, long. And you, 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 when you think of New York, you think of upstate New York, you think of the farmlands and all that. But Long Island is just gorgeous. The 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 vineyards. I mean, you go to a place like Southold. And you get like an Airbnb and you want to spend a weekend wine tasting. There's not enough days. There's not enough time. There's there's not enough livers to taste all the wines that are made right there on Long Island. It's just gorgeous. It's beautiful. And it's not just the vineyards. It's everything else too. It's uh, some dairy, but then you have your apples and everything else. and, And all these little tiny towns popped up around these farms. And it's beautiful. It really is. And uh I got to I got to have a uh a pre-rolled CBD out there too. When I me and Anthony and Derek, our bassist, all good buddies, went outside to get some air on a lottery winner of a day. A lottery winner of a day on the twelfth of November and it was like over I think it was around seventy degrees. Just tremendous. And now we are flirting with the thirties, so there's that. But Secret Nature CBD it was a wonderful addition to the entire weekend, so please go and enjoy. Make it a part of your medicine cabinet at home. Use promo code FRANKLY for 20% off. And um, yes, a little bit tip of the cap to the beauty out there in Long Island. So where are you all tonight? How are you enjoying the show? We haven't done this in a while, but let's do a roll call. Scroll it in the in the uh, the chat room whichever chat rooms you're in scroll it Where are you from? You can just put your state you can put your city and state whatever the hell your country? Let's see where the hell everybody's from just let's do a roll call and show off a little bit So that's what we have um, On the flip side of that we're going into the grab bag Oh, I also would like to say quite frankly dot TV and I'll mention it again tonight Quite frankly, .TV is nice and cleaned up. Lauren and I did a sweep through of the whole uh, website, and she did some tweaks here, some edits there. So I think it's it's really really nice, and uh, I want I welcome you to our home on Quite Frankly TV. So uh, a lot we switched out a lot of things on the about, little nipping, little tucking, all that stuff, and I'm going to tell you about our new super chat soon tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight is the first night that you can come on back to the Super Chat game because we have rolled out a new relationship with a new provider of on-air tips and Super Chats that allow you to sidestep PayPal. That's right, the URL is the same, quite frankly superchat.com, but now you can sidestep PayPal. There's no reason to not be involved now because that's where where a lot of people had some sticking issues that's all gone. Uh, we can take a look at that in a little bit, or you can go check it out. The URL is the same. That's the beauty of having the URL under my control, because if we have to make these switches, then we just got to find a new processing place, and that's what we did with Stream Elements. So thank you for uh, thank you for sticking around, and now you can get involved a little bit more during the show with your thoughts and your support. I appreciate it in a great way. Okay. Okay. Um, Over to the grab bag, because this is just where are we going from here? Well, Turkey, there's a lot of shit to talk about here. Where is the screen capture? There it is. There we go. Um, Turkey alleges U.S. complicity in deadly Istanbul bombing, rejects condolence statement from the U.S. So So there's a little bit of that going on now. That's, uh, that's what's happening. U.S. being complicit in a recent bombing in the city of Istanbul on Sunday that left at least six people dead and dozens of others injured. Interior Minister Suleyman Soylu rejected a statement of condolence from the U.S. during a press conference with reporters near the scene of the attack after authorities arrested a Syrian woman with suspected ties to Kurdish militants. I emphasize once again that we do not accept and reject the condolences of the U.S. Embassy. Soilu said, according to Turkish state media publication, uh, Anadolu Agency. So we're just, we are just the darling of the planet. Continue to be the darling of the planet. I didn't even know about the whole thing in Istanbul uh, until I saw the rejected apology. <laughs> so we are just the darlings, of course. Onward with that. Here you go, New York Post archaeologists in Egypt discover tunnel that may lead to a long lost tomb of Cleopatra herself. Archaeologists in Egypt have discovered an ancient hidden tunnel beneath a temple that they hope leads to the long lost tomb of Queen Cleopatra. A massive tunnel was discovered by an Egyptian Dominican archaeological research team from the University of Santo Domingo in the area of the temple of Taposiris Magna just west of Alexandria, Egypt's Ministry of Tourism and Antiquities announced last week. You know what is even more in, incredible about this story is that uh, they, they have reason to believe and they were surprised to have found that uh, an additional 100,000 of the Arizona midterm ballots were there too. You watch what's going to happen. They're going to find midterm ballots out there uh, in this in this tunnel in Egypt. And I I, I don't I don't want to be right about this stuff, but I because get this shocking twist from over the weekend. Get this a week after election night, the Democrat Senate candidate in Nevada has finally attained a razor thin margin and therefore the race is over. So she has been declared the winner of the race and now Democrats. That's are on the heels. Uh, uh, Democrats on the heels of the worst two years any organization of people could ever have, are have now pretty much cemented a majority in the Senate. They no longer they no longer need Kamala Harris's uh, tiebreaker vote, and uh, they they may have to live with a razor thin majority uh, minority in the House. They may have to live with a razor thin minority. Okay. But but Frank Nevada Nevada elected a Republican governor, uh, though so that's something. Yeah, it's that Lombardo guy. It, that was the top cop out there that helped cover up the Vegas shooting. So obviously one hand washed the other with that one. So uh, but I'll tell you I'll tell you one thing though a round of applause for Lee Zeldin in New York. That guy squeezed out four or five New House seats out of New York, and every last one of them is going to count when this thing is finally over in 2060. When this election is finally over in 2060, you're gonna see. Lee, Lee Zeldin, lot to be thankful for there. But now we'll see what happens with Carrie Lake. Because as I said, I don't know how anybody is, um, is, is, is confident about this one. She had a five to six percent lead in the summer. That's when I was confident. Five to six percent lead like minimum. That Katie Hobbs freak with her problem glasses goes into hiding. Well, it was just one media massacre after another. You remember when she was asked, uh, can you name something that uh, Hispanic Americans contributed to Arizona? And uh, she just blanked and she didn't know what to say. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway, we went from literally nothing standing in Carrie Lake's way because there's nothing statistically that could explain why there would be and then it was all right a little slight delay, but she will win handily a couple of days afterwards then a few more days passed and now We're getting this uh, the latest the last I say the, the last biggest vote dump What however the hell this is now because they just come in with I, I just imagine dump trucks they, they just come in and they just tip it over and it's just and, and, and you wonder where's it coming from? I don't know. It's just another dump just coming in here's here's another Stack of shit for you. Anyway, that should be happening right now. I think in this hour is where the more the most significant final batch of votes in Arizona for the governor's race is going to be in, and and now, after an entire year of there being absolutely nothing to talk about about uh, except for how Carrie Lake is wiping the floor with another hide and seek candidate. On the left, who just ran away and hide, ran away and hid away. That's it. Went into an attic somewhere. Now we're being prepared by the Washington Post inside Carrie Lake's war room, where Republicans prepare for a likely loss. Now it's a likely loss. I'm telling you, it must be an amazing feeling to to have it be that limitless. The possibilities being limitless. I said this, I said this last week. Imagine that feeling that you you must get if you are in this group of people who you just do whatever you want, you take what you want, you act as if, and then you send out your witches and warlocks behind the news desks to lull everyone around us into a deep accepting sleep. How fucking powerful that must it must be empowering. Now for the little creeps who go to the voting who go to the booth. They go to, to, to cast their ballots for Democrats and then they sit back and they, and they look at everybody else freaking out because elections are obviously, you know, they're going their way, but it, everybody else sees that there's a fucking problem here. Those people are just pathetic. Those are pathetic people. They don't share in any of the power. They don't share in any of the, uh, the, the, the there's no windfall. There's no loot. There's no pirate's booty coming their way. Nothing. All right, you, you, you know, I mean, it goes without saying we talked about how the that that judge in Texas ruled the the um, The uh, the school loans amnesty Unconstitutional then again backing school loans is unconstitutional to begin with but to forgive all that loan debt Unconstitutional you can't do it. Oh, well, what do you think that was, that was all about that was all about promising? absolutely stupid stupid fucking people, losers, perpetual loser mentality people. That was about goading them into here. There's something I'll, I'll do for you, and then the the midterms pass, and then what was always going to happen happened. And then that's it. That's it. On to the next lie because people are fucking stupid. You can never rule out the stupidity factor. There are tens of millions of them there. Now, depending on who you talk to, they think it's the other side that's stupid, so that's part of our, that's part of our uh, whirlpool, you don't know which side is up nightmare that we live in. That's, that's the real nightmare that we live in. Not having any consistency with the logic or, or, or what we're seeing outside, but it must just be limitless. They changed generations worth of election norms and traditions and expectations permanently overnight 2 years ago under the guise of flu safety of flu safety and now it's just about voter access no longer about covid it's about voter access and then they trademarked a mirage phenomenon a red mirage phenomenon that always ends with their party winning at the last fucking moment it is you know i thought about this before too and i said it out loud sometime over the last 2 years you know, we often hear about these people, these bankers, these business executives, these Hollywood magnates, these big time producers that, that jump from their high rise apartment buildings. Everybody's like, whoa, they were very well liked, very successful. Why did they throw themselves off to the top of buildings? And it's usually you and I who sit here and go, was it suicide or was it hom- homicide? Was it Arkanside? What, what was it? What was it? I'm actually starting to believe that these people actually thought they could fly. I'm actually believing. I I believe that now. I think at least some of these people thought they could fly. Because man, oh man, do they just snap their fingers. Snap their fingers. I cannot believe that they're even going to take Carrie Lake out of this. I mean, it, it seems that way now, but we'll see. I guess we'll know within the next couple of hours. Uh all right. So that's what I have there. Over to Twitter. This is another thing over the weekend. They had to pause the Twitter paid verification. Now I, I, I don't I don't even like the idea that they call it verification. I threw down the $7.99, but it's not a verified. I I, I just bought into increased increased account um activity. I want to be able to post longer videos and uh, that's I, I was actually already able to do that a couple of times and it was really nice I don't care if there's a, a check there they could they don't they can they could put a B there instead of a check anyway now everybody's going well you nuts over the verification that there's too many checks out there and people are impersonating brands and people and nobody knows what what uh, what news is real and what's going on here and I think it's hilarious I mean there's there's very easy way to fix all this stuff. I mean, just make Twitter Blue something you can buy into, and and just get your account enriched with more, you know, marketing tools and shit. That's what I would do, I, and and that would be worth it for me if to grow the show for as long as it seems like I'm getting somewhere with those new tools. But um, the whole point here about this, which I think is so ironic, is that the check, the check mark, was the disinformation. That was the disinformation. You know, it, it made me think of that, that, um, that scene from Tommy Boy when Chris Farley is just starting to, to get his stride as a salesman and he's going out and he's selling all the Callahan brake pads and all that stuff. And, uh, and, and the guy's like, well, does it have a guarantee on the box? He goes, well, you know, what's a guarantee on the box? He says, hey, listen, if you want me to take a, a dump into a box and put guarantee on it, I will, but all you'll have at the end of the day is a guaranteed piece of shit. So and and I'm thinking about this I say that was the whole point. That's the whole reason why this is so funny to me Um, that the check was the disinformation. The point was that the check never meant you could actually trust the sources of information or their motivation for sharing that information. That was the whole point here. So if now for there to be for at least for some people mass chaos, mass chaos, Because there's too many check marks. It's ridiculous. You know, it it had become a title of nobility. But um, morons, only gullible morons saw the the check and thought, oh, this must be trustworthy stuff. This must be trustworthy. All right, and then of course we have this, and we're going to need to talk about it tonight. We will with Greg Carlwood. Up to $2 billion in client money missing in crypto giant FTX collapse, reports say, but it's not that simple. At least $1 billion of customer funds and possibly as much as $2 billion have gone missing in the shocking implosion of cryptocurrency exchange, FTX, according to reports. The Flamboyant founder, Sam Bankman, he's not flamboyant. He's, he's I mean, I don't know if it's just Asperger's or other another shade of autism or what's going on there but they you can tell that they I don't know they they were really trying to make this guy I was watching bombards anyway let's let's get into this this thing is this exchange had a collapse and billions of dollars was lost and then it all started coming out that this was something much bigger than what we were seeing here's the post-millennial Ukraine partnered with top Democrat donors crypto company FTX as Biden administration funded the war effort now this guy Who is the the head of the FTX exchange? Like I said, he's this weaselly little eccentric. I don't know. I mean uh, Autistic Patsy kind of a guy Sam Bankman fried freed He had become, over the last year, like one of the top five donors to the Democrat Party. In some cases, the second biggest donor to the Democrat Party underneath George Soros himself. And what we're seeing here is a really interesting timeline, damning timeline, and then something that's not really that um, shocking at all because, well, we'll see why. The multi-billion dollar cryptocurrency company FTX, run by CEO Sam Bankman, freed the second biggest Democrat donor right after George Soros, collapsed last week as details emerged regarding the financial practices, which led to a run by customers on FTX. FTX did not have the funds to pay it all out. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is pretty much a, a mini Federal Reserve situation, all right? And, and actually, it's, it's kind of ironic there, too, because the Federal Reserve is the only thing that makes all this possible. Because as you're going to see, we are just printing money, printing money out of, out of free air, issuing money, digitally issuing money. And it was going out to Ukraine. Ukraine was partnering. Official official organizations in Ukraine were as partnering with FTX and investing or uh, many billions. So who knows how many other companies are helping launder this shit? Who knows how many companies are helping launder this shit? But the money was going from you and I, our income, from our labor. The Federal Reserve is printing this on behalf of how we need to help the Ukrainians. Sent it out to Ukraine. Ukraine, uh, at least in part, large part, goes to FTX and gives them a bunch of money, and then. We start seeing from there FTX is a, a major Democrat donor and, and uh, shelling out to share blue and all that other stuff. It's just, it's just incredible. It's incredible. And I was, I was even saying there, too, that they're probably using crypto in some respect. I wish I could find the date and the time that I was saying it. They're probably using crypto in some respect to wash this stuff into other parts of the world. Because it can't just be going to bombs it can't just be going to bombs. We're giving them a lot of our old technology, some new. Obviously, you issue new contracts and we, you know, it's always great to be a bomb manufacturer these days, but it could not be all going there. It had to flush right through. All the people who are running this war do not actually care about the relief for of little people. That's the those people who are running it? No, they don't. So, this had to be going somewhere and And here we're learning a little bit more about it. It was also revealed that FTX had partnered with Ukraine to process donations to their war efforts within days of Joe Biden pledging billions of American taxpayer dollars to the country. Ukraine partnered with FTX as the Biden administration funneled funds to the uh, invaded nation. And FTX made massive donations to Democrats in the U.S. An article from Cryptocurrency News website Coindesk from March 15th reported that Ukraine partnered with FTX and that FTX is converting crypto contributions to Ukraine's war effort into fiat for deposit at the National Bank of Ukraine. Fiat is a legal tender, a paper of a particular current a country. Putin invaded on February 24th and by March the Biden administration had already sent a total of two billion dollars to Ukraine for security assistance. On March 16th two days after the Ukraine FTX partnership Biden gave another 800 million dollars to Ukraine. As of November the U.S. has sent over 60 billion dollars. So we're only talking about um we're only talking about pennies compared to the total and it's it's big enough. So it's just a wonder of, of what else is going on out there because as we know, all of the biggest families in this country have some kind of a satellite post out there in Ukraine. It's just a place where they love to be. You know, and remember, remember the $100,000 that that, um, that was the big, the big part of the reason why we had to go after Russia and it was, you know, Donald Trump was illegitimate. Hillary Clinton spent two billion dollars to lose 2016 presidential election, but they found out that a hundred thousand dollars, a hundred thousand dollars was spread out among multiple Bernie Sanders included multiple candidates on Facebook in the 2016 election season. A hundred thousand dollars they say Russians spent in uh, in disinformation on Facebook ads, and that was. The election was interfered with. But they're doing that. They're washing billions of Ukraine dollars through uh, a, a, a defunct crypto exchange that only, um, from what I'm seeing here, only opened up day 13 days after Biden announced his candidacy in April 25th, 2019. That's what I have here. And it pretty much became an overnight success. And uh, as you know from the... The Post-Millennial millennial article over here became what some say either the fifth or the second biggest donor to Democrat causes. So, I mean, now this story is only for our own edification because... You know, uh, uh, they'll flush maybe a couple of autistic patsies out there. That that might happen. But you think about how many of these kinds of mini operations they're running, and it's not just Democrats, ladies and gentlemen. The fact that this is only being reported on by Gateway Pundit, Post Millennial, and others like that, and kind of it's only being reported on in a very superficial sense by the New York Post and others, isn't going anywhere. And I bet you any money, any money, not as much as they're dealing with, but I bet you a couple of bucks that uh, Romney-like, McConnell-like, McCain-like families are going to pop up in all this stuff. I bet you any money because they were just as invested in making sure that on top of all of the, the um, technical reasons why this midterm election was always going to be a letdown for those who, uh, who who know Democrats should have faced a, a day of major reckoning. We know all the technical reasons why we had a lot going against us, but there was a lot of inside men in the uh, the gimps of the GOP that wanted all of this to not go too well so they can launch a full-out assault with their Democrat friends and all their friends in the media on Donald Trump, which is happening right now. It's happening right now. So, Again, they steal our money to play their own games, and we just have to sit here, and it's hard. I mean, if you don't, if you don't connect the dots, then I guess the world is just kind of crazy and chaotic, but at least it's not something you can take personal. You just chalk it up to that just being the world. But when you connect the dots and you realize how much is taken from us to play these fucking games, how do you not take it personally? How do you not take it personally? My word. My word. Here's, here's a little bit more. FTX Foundation supports the global expansion of the, the Trial of the Year Award winning Together Trial. You know what the Together Trial was? In part, it was about finding out whether or not ivermectin was an effective treatment for COVID-19. And what do you know? They came out and says eh, it doesn't really work too well. It doesn't really work too well. Um, and uh, they were also partnered with the world economic forum the waf has since then scrubbed any mention of ftx on their website so that's already gone down the memory hole and when you look at these i'm sure you've seen this this uh little graph over here when you look at the connection between everybody involved with this you have the sam bankman fried okay whose girlfriend ex-girlfriend caroline ellison ceo of alameda that's uh, he, their joint operation there. Dated Bankman was the daughter of Glenn Ellison. Who's Glenn Ellison? He was a professor of economics at MIT, former boss of Gary Gensler, who was a, pro- a professor at MIT, head of the SEC. All connected to each other. And of course, the MIT connection means I would not be surprised if somewhere in there, there's a whole lot of child porn, I would not be surprised if there's a whole lot of child porn in there somewhere. Knowing what MIT is all about, so or what what they've what they've had splattered on their shoes in the past, I should say. Well, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Share the show far and wide. I put the links all out there in the internet place, so you can go and give me a hand. We'll see you then. It's uh, it's incredible to watch all this unfold because you know it, it's never laundering. It's never laundering when Hillary Clinton and and uh, her her husband of convenience goes and gives well timed five hundred thousand dollar speeches in Moscow to talk to people who don't give a shit about them. I wonder what that's all about. Um, I know that there is a Clinton link to FTX. I saw. Um, I saw Bill and this this Bankman guy on the same stage and him. Oh, man. I, I watched a Bombard's body language video with him last night. I put a lot of FTX stuff into the Sunday night programming. And the Bombard's, Bombards body language breakdown was really something else because it was especially around... I can't go into it too much because we're going to have... Um, gonna have Greg show up in about five minutes, but he was talking, this this Bankman fried guy, he was talking with Matthew Levine from Bloomberg, I don't know how long ago, and I, th- this clip was incredible. Levine, you can tell, knows that something's up. There's just so much money that this kid is dealing with, and he's wondering where the hell it's all coming from. Now we know it's coming from the Federal Reserve, and um It's just like a basic question that can't be avoided. And you get a glimpse of this odd creature, Bankman, who is trying to avoid saying that uh, your and my income, which is stolen through taxes, is being washed through deep state kiosks in Ukraine and going back into the pockets of a dying political party here in the United States. Um, but it, it's it's just so incredible to see him twitch. Like you think about Bill Gates, and you know his hands are all fixed, and just, he's just squ- squirming. Oh man, the very odd creature. You can tell that they're not gonna care to flush that kid, flush him away. We'll see what happens. See if he even makes it past Christmas. But um, but yeah, so there's that. There's more on the Kanye West end of things when he started talking about sacrifices that are made, his mother being a sacrifice, all that. The the Chappelle things, I have some clips for later on. We can listen to that together. That was terrific. I didn't watch SNL, but I definitely watched the monologue. I wanted to see that. Here's something out of NBC News, more that they had to admit. Myocarditis after COVID vaccination. Pfizer and Moderna are tracking adverse health effects, if any that may appear in the years following a diagnosis of vaccine-associated heart problems. So don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's interesting, hilarious that they're forced to admit this now too, but don't worry. They're starting to study you now after the fact. By the way, I think the greatest thing about all this stuff is to realize that the more we learn about what was and was not done with these shots, especially that there was no testing done to see whether or not it even prevents infection, which it doesn't, and it, there was no testing. Um, I think that it's so hilarious that now, with all these revelations and admissions a couple of years into it, it is safe to say no one is vaccinated and never was. I mean, obviously, they, they went to the dictionary and they changed the dictionary definition of what vaccinated was, but uh, no, one's, no one's vaccinated against this. No one. no one that's hilarious that's hilarious it's not hilarious when when crazy moms start shoving this into the uh the arms of five-year-olds that's not hilarious but um to the people who are taunting us thinking they had some kind of a uh genetic leg up oh boy so there is that what else do we have well i don't know I think that it's just better we just bring on our guest. I think it's better we bring on our guest because there's nothing I can say now that Greg Carlwood wouldn't be able to say for himself. He is the host of a wonderful interview-based show that I was watching, listening to for uh, years before we finally got to talk for the first time. He's a fan of all things strange, all things unexplained, and of course the great He likes to go into all those, those heady spaces that we live in so much on this show. Welcome back to the show, Greg Carlwood. How you doing?
1: Hey, what's happening, Frank? Thanks for having me. One of my favorite colleagues in the business these days.
0: Dude, well, I'm so happy to have you here again. Hold on, where are you? There you are, right there. Perfect. You're having a nice drink, and how's the family?
1: The family's great. I mean, we're just over a year old with the kid, and all the cliches are true. You love them more than you thought possible. (laughs) It's really interesting to see the wheels turning in their heads. And, you know, my kid has, uh, outside of one forty-eight hour cold, hasn't been sick in a year compared to a couple other people I know who have uh, kids who made different choices than me. And uh, it's hard to stay strong when you're faced with the avalanche of the system, even though you know they're bullshitting you. You know, this is high stakes we're talking about with your kid's life. And feel like the right choices were made. I've never been more confident when I have all this comparison out there. But... Yeah, family's great.
0: <laughs> that's that's terrific. You know, and and you and I have spoken a little bit on the side about all that because I knew that you had the the baby coming along, and we're in similar situations. You in California and me in New York. So it, uh it's it's taking a little bit of just stick to your guns and uh, and relax. And I I think we're we're having similar experiences here. Though I am just a a year down the road, and I tell you, it only gets better. I'm sure you're happy to hear about that. But man, um. Everything being laid bare. That's the only thing I can say about the times we're living in right now. There was always a little little something. We would get a little bit of a glimpse behind the curtain. You know, a breeze would come in, we would see a flap in the curtain, and there was something, did you see that? There's nothing left, Greg. There's nothing left that we have. There's barely anything left to the validity of American elections now. Then there's the Ukraine money laundering thing that we're seeing right now with FTX, as if we didn't know that that was all being laundered. Uh, The giant cracks in the Hollywood MKUltra programming, the shots, what they have to admit in Europe and the U.S. now. My gosh. What the the hell is hitting you the most right now? Because you take note of these same things yourself.
1: Right, right. Yeah, it's crazy times obviously i listened to the first half hour and you did a great job laying out the uh ftx 101 information that we know and you know i got popped a little bit in that um you know crypto 101 is not your keys not your coins so of course uh my big bag i keep control of and i would never put it on an exchange but ftx did have some high yield accounts so i was like oh let me throw a little bit over there and just, I'm not gonna touch it anyway for a very long time, so might as well put a little over there and let it accrue, see what happens. I mean, they were considered one of the most reputable exchanges in the game, for what it's worth, nothing now. Uh, and what I really lost was the rewards, you know? I could. It was maybe like, it cu- accrued up to two grand and then I couldn't get it and now it's just gone. It's not like it was all my money, but it was like, you know, rewards. And then the even crazier thing, I was out to dinner and my credit card got declined because it's a BlockFi credit card. And then I look at my email and BlockFi says, "Hey, we were heavily invested in FTX and we're <laughs> caught up in this whole thing, and our ability to issue credit is no longer uh, legitimate." So wow. that's another area where you know it's just credit card rewards. It's a basic credit card, but I had about another two grand in rewards. Because, you know, credit cards, they all have rewards. I'm not taking any flights anytime soon, so I might as well get Bitcoin rewards. And they said you can't pull that out either. That's frozen. So uh, I've seen some really scary and depressing comment threads, people in college that are like, I accrued six figures in crypto, and it's all gone, and I want to kill myself. And it's like, you know, obviously I'm not in that boat, but. It's just it's really sad you know it, it is kind of the same old tricks banks have been using forever fractional reserve banking somebody makes a claim as the guy from binance made the claim hey uh, i don't think they are as liquid as they suggest they are and that kind of kicked some of this stuff off and sure enough they weren't they're extremely over leveraged i don't know how a person sleeps at night being a hundred X over leveraged with a billion dollars of people's money. I mean, it would stress me out. I can tell you that thinking any day could be the day that I just go belly up. But obviously it's a very dirty game. A lot of connections like you laid out and I'm not super surprised, but you know, here we are.
0: You know, it was uh, rumors, rumors, uh, well-placed rumors have been the beginning of a great many downturn in uh, in 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 economic history, and of course, then we we go into other patterns that you can start recognizing. And, uh, and it starts making a lot more sense there, too. I think the most striking thing about what was going on here, yeah, those who are starting to piece together the Ukraine and the political um, connections, because I, I 100% believe this is going to hit far beyond even just Democrat, uh, Democrat-affiliated uh, people. But it's, um, it's one of those things where this happens. We know that over the last couple of months, we, uh, there was that uh, executive order few months ago about the, I think the Treasury or the Federal Reserve itself looking into the central bank digital dollars, those coins. So we know that they're looking into creating some kind of a digitized American dollar at some point because this, what we're dealing with right now, it's on, it's, it's on the way out. And now after this, after the election is done, after the money go, flows through and all this stuff is behind us, they have this crash and now we have Yellen from the Federal Reserve and several other people inside the government saying, That's it. Crypto needs to be regulated. And, and
1: that is exactly one of the major points I was gonna bring up is this this is this is probably the thing that gets us closer to that digital ID, the central bank digital currencies. A lot of people thought that the government was just ignoring crypto. And like, they probably didn't even understand it all that well. But this scandal clearly shows they're in bed together. It's a big money-washing scheme, and to not get caught, they're gonna grab a hold of this, control the narrative, and then this will be like crypto's 9/11, the Patriot Act, the new uh, legislation will come out that changes the whole world uh, in this space, and that'll probably be it. Unfortunately.
0: Jeez, I'll tell you. It, it's just 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 incredible. I mean, and I, I, I it sucks because I understand where uh, people are coming from, and I, I don't fault people for wanting to find safer, more uh, privacy-based ways to get away from the insanity of the American dollar. But at the same time, I look at the volatility not only in the, the markets because I don't understand the technology behind it and the and the products that it's connected to too well. I just understand the casino speculation aspect of it all. So that's my downfall in having better conversations about this. But between seeing the exchanges being in the hands of people that are, are not trustworthy, that the exchanges, uh, at least this one, a, a major one, I remember the Super Bowl commercial with Larry David pushing FTX. Uh, I think it was last year or the year before. So I, I at least remember that from whatever. But I just start seeing that I'm saying, all right, well, I'm definitely not going to buy stock in anything. I'm definitely not, I can't trust crypto. Um, there's just too much going on. It makes people really uh, worried. I mean, what do we do? I guess we can just keep stacking junk silver and uh, sit on a little pile of, you know, it's like Scrooge McDuck. But, um, but it's, it's like most people who don't have a leg up or don't have an inside man. This is a very, very, uh, very testy time um, financially.
1: It is, it is, and the crypto skeptics love to throw shade. I don't know why they root for regular guys to lose all their money, but it's very common for when Bitcoin drops, you see all these people, like, uh, just really laying it on thick, like uh, how wrong we were, and it's like, well, come on. People are so desperate. They're throwing Hail Marys, trying to make something happen. You know, how about you throw some shade at the traditional system and, like, root for your, your peers who are gambling, you know, taking a chance. Screw it. But it, you know, when I see this stuff, I just think it's conventional banking fuckery in the crypto space. Like it's not a crypto problem. It's a corrupt elite problem. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes I wonder how deep it goes when you think about the guy's name, Sam Bankman Freed, spelled, you know, as fried, Bankman Fried, fried the whole industry ftx also uh was the sponsor for the miami heat the place where the miami heat plays another invo- invocation of fire it's like where does this guy really come from this sam bankman freed is that his name i mean anthony wiener showed his wiener bernie madoff made off with everybody's money nope. steven paddock shot a bunch of people corralled up in a festival I wonder about all this stuff, man.
0: the 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 fires in Paradise, California. Yeah. I mean, I, even little things like that. Little things like that. Even the irony of of the fires in Paradise, and uh, we we try to. Uh, whoa, who's that other one? the the chick that got arrested for leaking stuff from inside the government. What was her name? Truth. Her name was Truth, or something like that, or Honesty, or I. I it, it, yeah. it is weird. It really is, and I think that goes into A little bit more into the uh, the the seen and unseen that we have culturally right now. Um, The Kanye West thing is pretty big. Uh, We're we're talking about seats of power and concentrations of power. The way that Hollywood is. uh, The MK Ultra programming. The 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 whole story with the with the handler. Man, I mean, so what are you thinking about that? Because you have interviewed, you've had some great interviews about esoteric Hollywood and uh, the way that people are run, the way that people are handled, controlled, corralled. Um, How much work have you done personally on this as it's come out?
1: Well, that is a conspiracy rabbit hole that's been part of the culture for a long time. The only other FTX things I wanted to say was they funded a big anti-ivermectin study So, you know, they're right up in there, and they were a World Economic Forum partner as well. So the big conspiracies that we're all talking about these days, this FTX thing, it's not just a crypto thing. It touches on, you know, every part of the bingo card um, with Agenda 2030 and all that stuff. But, yeah, the Kanye thing is really interesting. It's another situation where I don't know if I'm just overly skeptical Uh, I can hold multiple ideas in my head. So when I talk about one and then, like, my audience is like, how can you think that? It's like, well, I'm not saying anything for sure. These are just different ideas, different layers to uh, the stack, potentially. But what is interesting about Kanye, yes, he has disclosed some stuff that is fairly radical, uh, primarily the trainer thing where, I mean, I'll just read it. His trainer is this guy Harley Pasternak. Yeah. And yeah. when Kanye was first institutionalized, he was at Harley's house. He was the guy who made the 911 call. So, like, you know, right at the beginning, he's he's too connected to this, um, you know, just this a through line to get a person institutionalized. Then you look at all the other people that he's worked with. The list is crazy. But he texted Kanye and said, first... There's two options. First, you and I sit down and have a loving and open conversation, but you don't use cuss words, and everything that is discussed is based in fact, and not some crazy stuff that dumb friend of yours told you or you saw in a tweet. Second option is I have you institutionalized again, where they medicate the crap out of you, and you go back to Zombieland forever. Play dates with the kids just won't be the same. I mean, as a dad... Come on, man. You know, we know you don't invoke that kind of thing. Well, no, I- to say you're going to go back to Zombieland forever. So this is some asshole saying, like, the darkest stuff that cuts so deep. But don't use cuss words, Kanye. I can't hear a shit or a damn or a fuck anywhere around me, but I will zombify your ass. I mean, what a crazy person. And he has a history of he was ex-Canadian special forces, uh, I've been reading a couple of threads on on this particular guy. This comes from Patrick Casey, who uh, runs something called Restoring Order, and they basically did a deep dive on this guy. He worked as a scientist for two years at the DRDC Toronto, one of the defense research and development Canada's military research stations. The guy's Wikipedia says during his time at the University of Toronto – Pasternak served as a nutrition and exercise scientist at the Department of National Defense's Defense and Civil Institute for Environmental Medicine, and then he goes on to say that the Department of National Defense, the DND, is a government department that supports Canada's armed forces. It's a civilian organization uh, that kind of is a support system for the military. The U.S. equivalent might be the Department of Defense or the Department of Homeland Security, but he even goes into what this guy researched at the DRDC, human systems integration, social and psychological factors that affect the resolution of conflict, uh, psychology for malicious intent, social and cultural factors influencing behavior. And then he says, AKA, literal psyops. And the DND, apparently, according to this guy, Patrick Casey, did literally fund some of the mk ultra work as did the cia that obviously we know that yeah and so it's just like mk ultra didn't die it just went a little more covert and then this is straight off of harley pastor wikipedia page
0: which was scrubbed they scrubbed a lot of his clientele I, off
1: yes and here's here's the screenshot that somebody has has seemed to have gotten before it was scrubbed but Adam Levine, Lady Gaga, Kim Kardashian, Kanye, Megan Fox, John Mayer, Amy Schumer, Ariana Grande, Charlie Perth, Jessica Simpson, uh, some of these names I don't know, Gwyneth Paltrow, Toby McGuire, Rihanna, Mac Miller, Mac Miller. I mean, how did he go? Yeah. And then uh, also Brittany Murphy. And this guy has commented on the deaths of, of these people that he's worked with. Also, he worked with uh Alicia Keys, Seth Rogen, Robert Downey Jr., Halle Berry, Mila Jovovich. I mean, how hey, does this guy by, get this these clients?
0: By any chance did he work with Aaron Carter?
1: Yeah, you might you might think he did. Because I'll That's tell you
0: that death has because it it that death was reported, I think last weekend. I think it was just a few hours before the, the midterm elections. It has been completely. Uh, it was just it was just pulled under with the undertow there, and that was that was actually very weird. Um, I know that he was he was making direct uh, direct appeals to Kanye West to get in touch with him. Um, he I I had seen an interview with him once about Michael Jackson. Um, I don't know your opinion about Michael Jackson, but I'll tell you, uh, I have, I want to do a, I would love to get, like, Razor Fist to talk about this, Um, but um, he did an amazing deep dive on this that really changed a lot of things with the Michael Jackson stuff with me, and Aaron Carter, he was, he spoke out about his own mother wanting to actually have him come out against Michael Jackson, hopefully they can get a little bit of some money and he stood up for for MJ and all that stuff and he seemed to be real real beaten and battered and uh and took an interest in what was going on with people who were abused and uh and it seems like right up until the last days he was trying to get in touch with Kanye West and I oh, I that's just one thing. It's just getting swallowed up by the chaos right now.
1: And he was definitely unhinged. I mean, I've seen some podcast interviews with him. He was not in a good place. I would say it's trauma and abuse. You know, it goes, you can reverse engineer where this came from. But he died of a drug overdose in a bathtub. I mean, it's totally possible to drown, I guess, in that way. But it's like, who made that phone call? He didn't seem suicidal if he's trying to reach out to Kanye. It seems like for the first time he's actually excited about, hey, maybe... We can't out these people. Maybe something will get done. So it seems like that was a hopeful moment for him. But, yeah, I wonder about Kanye just because some some people make the case that they're never done playing the role and that Kanye might still be playing a role for the system. And the thing that makes me think that's possible is because it's just a drip, drip, drip. Why doesn't Kanye just go live on Facebook, Instagram, whatever, and just show the contracts he's talking about. Show the people he's talking about. Sit there for eight hours and just lay it all out. Why this cryptic stuff? Here's one screenshot here. Here's one comment there. I mean, saying his mom was sacrificed, that's one of those things that guys like Isaac Weishaupt and Jay Dyer, uh, people I've interviewed in the past, like you mentioned about this kind of stuff, that was always on the list of sacrifices. His mom died Uh, getting surgery so like uh, plastic surgery uh, I think is how it happened it was like a freak accident where they didn't turn the oxygen on or something and there's a long list I mean as Kanye said he said my mom was sacrificed he mentions Michael Jordan looking at my notes here yeah he says they can't control me they can control Shaq Charles Barkley LeBron James Jay-Z and Beyonce my mom was sacrificed you understand what I'm saying michael jordan what about him his dad bill cosby his son dr dre his son around hollywood a lot of people come up missing feels like it might be a lot of that to control traumatize and monetize and then he goes on to say i never killed nobody i'm the i'm the pussy you never killed anybody but that means i can say whatever i want meaning you know insinuating that there's blackmail on these people as well and i was talking to my wife about this and she mentioned Almost every podcast interview we listen to with any kind of celebrity or something, they always are talking about how they're in therapy, like literally all of them and how great therapy is from uh, Howard Stern right on down. And what's that? That's again, very MK ultra adjacent, you know, it's like, sure. A personal trainer, they're going to be in a person's life all the time coming and going in their house. But if you are going to tell any of this stuff to anybody, you're going to tell it to your therapist. If your therapist is in the network, then they come and say, Hey, I got some drugs for you to take and you better never speak of this again. Um, I, I think that that's probably an element as well.
0: It has to be. I mean, I was a personal trainer. I was working professionally as a personal trainer as my main gig for a little over 10 years from like 2008 to 2018. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I, I wish I had the power to sedate some people, Greg, but but uh, the, just to think of somebody acting in that capacity to not only be able to sedate and, and threaten people with sedation, but also threaten people with institutional, institutionalize them too. I mean, that is not, I don't know anyone, anyone who works in health and fitness, but I don't care how high profile their clients are. This was a very special arrangement. Um, we've we've seen this, and it makes us always wonder why the hell every couple of years, every seven to ten years, you have someone like a Kanye West or a Britney Spears that just flies off the handle, has to go back to rehab, they get a they get readjusted in some way, shape, or form, and they come back out and uh, they've just kind of been patched back together like a like a like a quilt or something like that. And then on the other hand, we have people like Coolio. That is another death uh this year that that gets lost i mean you think about how many how many big monumental celebrity deaths there have been in the last few years that we just don't pay any attention to because of whatever but um coolio was a, another huge one what he was talking about prior to his just collapsing in in a, in a friend's bathroom was talking about those who were in Hollywood, the predator class, those who were picking on the um, on the, the most innocent, and how he said he himself was one of these almost like superhero uh, white hat types that works to eliminate abusers. And all of a sudden he's gone. So there's, there's just it's all like I said before the the flaps of the curtain we We see these gusts that come in, we start seeing these weird images and these scenes that are playing out, and we're just seeing it more and more now. It's just uh I wish we had a clearer a clearer contrast
1: right, and I do have this list bookmarked. I hadn't looked at it in a long time, but I pulled it out. I think it might be from Isaac Weishop's work, and obviously, people do die, you know it doesn't take much to for a famous person. To be able to think of anyone really in their 40s to think of someone close to them who's died it's not abnormal but i mean here's this list um Nas, his mom andre 3000 his mom bruno mars his mom kelly roland her mom jay-z his nephew damon dash alia people talk about that one a lot suge knight tupac diddy biggie smalls ludicrous i guess a guy named camouflage a friend and colleague uh, Bruce Springsteen, his cousin Eminem had a guy named Proof that he was good friends with. Uh, Fifty Cent or Fifty Cent had Jam Master Jay. Uh, the one that I always thought was interesting was uh, Mike Tyson, because Mike Tyson had a daughter who apparently died strangled on a treadmill. Uh, I guess the cord wrapped around her and the the safety cord didn't pull and she died on a treadmill in a crazy freak accident. And this is like right before uh, Hangover. And like since The Hangover came out and Mike Tyson was in it and it was a number one hit movie, he's kind of reinvented himself as just kind of a goofball. I mean, now he's got a podcast. He's got a, a cannabis empire. He's licked the toad and advocates for that and he's just a different kind of person but it definitely got him back into the sphere. So I sometimes wonder how these things work because sometimes these people on like on a list like this they seem famous before it happens like Kanye, we all knew Kanye. We all he was a household name before his mom died on that table. But some say it's a certain amount of money. Maybe it's $20 million, Maybe it's $100 million. If you're going to be brought into this certain level of the game, they require a sacrifice of some kind. Tough to say. There's some weird stuff with Mary-Kate Olsen. She was there, you know, with the Heath Ledger thing. Oh. That's another crazy one. But, I mean, again, she's already a multimillionaire, and she hasn't been in the spotlight since. But it seems like she was somehow involved to some degree, and... Yeah, I I do wonder about some of this stuff. Like John Travolta is another name that comes up. Eric Clapton, his son Prince, his son, his and his father Elvis. Uh,
0: and- I've heard I've heard Elvis's mother. Um, oh, really? Now yeah, I, I well you know I think that um, I was talking with Kathy O'Brien. She said that she was on your show once before too. Um, yeah, Kathy and I we 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 go back and forth a lot on this stuff now and um so she has when she's come on to do deep dives on nk ultra and this kind of um this kind of programming parents as handlers are you know the most common thing especially parents who want to uh want to launch their child into stardom and what that means as a You know a residual for everybody around the child as far as wealth and acclaim and and access and all that stuff so parents being handlers is not something that is foreign to this kind of uh, you know hierarchy of power as you're talking about there Um, and I think that what was said I think what what Kanye uh, or somebody who was commenting on what Kanye had said you read you read most of the quote was that after a while when a parent uh, is removed uh, or when a handler is removed, especially if it's a parent, if it's, if they're removed through death, it really feeds into a little bit more of the trauma end of the programming. Um, now, I, I don't know how that maybe that just freezes somebody in fear. Um, I don't know how that doesn't make somebody just go off the deep end, but maybe it does. I mean, everybody looks frazzled. I, no, Nobody in Hollywood looks like they have their shit together, except for like Mark Wahlberg, who wakes up at three in the morning to pray and work out. So I, I who knows?
1: Yeah, I think these people are experts at mind-cracking, and we get glimpses of it. We see the evidence of it. But to really unpack it, I do think is like a PhD-level course. And that's why these guys are ex-military intelligence doing this kind of stuff, experimenting in these kind of ways. And there's really no risk if you control all media outlets and if you can have kanye say some things then you get him institutionalized there's also a threat about the doctor you know if you look it up the doctor that he actually went to see is like also it just seems like part of the network he's a doctor that a a lot of celebrities have gone to uh, in these kind of situations so you got this robust network built out in one city almost all celebrities are concentrated in la so you build out the network you have Six trainers. I mean, you saw this guy's client list. How many more trainers are there in Hollywood? Seems like he might be the only one.
0: Hell yeah. You
1: get a a doctor in there. You get the therapist network in there. You control all the media. Guys can't get in front of a camera to say anything. And then you also control if a story is going to come out. I mean, Dave Chappelle, great example, because when he said, I'm done with the show, there was a lot of money on the line, and they're like, you're not done with the show. Or we're going to make you seem crazy, and all the stories come out about, oh, he's dealing with pneumonia. And Dave Chappelle still never really says exactly what happened, but he's alluded to a lot of stuff. He's like, I got on a plane, and I went to Africa. So that's what I did. I can't tell you what the catalyst was that made me do that, but that's pretty extreme behavior, wouldn't you say? Yeah, uh, That's the kind of thing he'll drop. And it's like, well, and then he also will say, you know, there was a time where Martin Lawrence was coming unhinged in the middle of the street, waving a gun around, saying they're trying to kill me. And Dave Chappelle just points that out. And he's like, interesting behavior, right? Is he crazy or is there something that is making him act this way? Is there a darkness in Hollywood that you, people just aren't aware of? And so there's, there's a few people, yeah, who speak out about it to a degree. But once you're compromised, once you've made the sacrifice, what's the point? I know. You you might have a change of heart, but you've already let your kid choke out on a treadmill or let your mom die in a plastic surgery accident. So it's just like, well, I'm in now. And that's why I think Kanye has such a crazy religious thing going on now at the Sunday school, and he's, like, trying to completely repent. Uh, Chris Tucker is another guy who turned crazy Christian – And I liked Chris Tucker uh, back in the day. And then he just disappeared and became very religious. But he was his name pops up on that flight to gosh, where was that flight to Haiti? It was like Jeffrey Epstein, Bill Clinton, Kevin Spacey and Chris Tucker on an airplane together. You think maybe Chris Tucker saw some things that made him find God? and made him get out of
0: Hollywood? Yeah, but, but that's the whole thing. That whenever I look at the, um, the religious turns that people make, for example, Kanye West, uh, his brand of Christianity, a lot of people have gotten... For It always looked weird to me. I couldn't understand it. I didn't know if it was like evangelical-based or what was going on there, and people get in touch and say, Frank, I don't know what this is. It, it seems very culty. Then you have the Justin Bieber phenomenon. You want to talk about Justin Bieber's... Potential handler. It was definitely that whoever the preacher guy he was hanging out with was. I mean, there was something very odd, weirdly homoerotic going on with that little uh, that little duo there, and he went uh, in that direction. And I I, I don't know. Th- then you had, then you had after the Astro World thing. Or before it, I forget what the hell was going on there, but it was Kanye West, Justin Bieber, and I believe Marilyn Manson went out. They all they all did a, a religious ceremony together on stage. You remember that? That was. I, l- how
1: you say it, yeah. I do remember those names being connected. It
0: was very weird. Was <laughs>
1: very weird, but of
0: on Chappelle. Why is,
1: uh, why is that uh, Abramovich witch lady hanging out with uh, Lady Gaga and having these soul cooking parties? You know, to go back to what we learned a few years ago, it's like it's it's again drip drip drip. I wish somebody would just come out and like really lay it out. I, There's plenty of venues now. You could use Rumble or Odyssey or one of these channels that doesn't censor. I mean, Elon Musk said he wasn't going to censor Kanye, and Kanye has his Twitter. Just lay it all out there. If you're worried about your life, if you're truly worried about your life, go down, you know, if you're going to go down for it, at least say something before you do. Uh, And, you know, and then I'm sure there's the other side of the coin is people like, what do you want him to say? He exposed this guy, and he said his mom was a sacrifice. Yeah, but elaborate. Elaborate. Who sacrificed your mom? When was the deal presented to you? How was it presented to you? Uh, these kind of things. Don't just name cele- – when, when he just names celebrities and family members who have died, I mean, I can do that. I just did it. I don't know anything about it. I'm not in the inner circle. But he is. So I would like more context. I want him to, to really lay it out. and. I mean, I, I think it's uh, interesting that some podcasts like the Lex Friedman podcast that he had him on and they talked about the Jew thing. And, uh, you know, Lex is Jewish, so he had a huge issue with that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I understand, but there, I've seen the clips where they, they play little segments because he brought up uh, George Floyd and Lex is like, well, George Floyd was killed by a white racist cop. And then they'll cut to 45 minutes later in the conversation where Kanye is like, these Jewish businessmen keep screwing me. And Lex is like, well, why does it matter that they're Jewish? And Kanye goes, they just so happen to be. He's like, it's like, why do you keep saying they're Jewish? They just so happen to be, Lex. I don't know. Because they are. I'm just saying it because they are. How come you can say, why is it relevant in the context of George Floyd that mm-hmm. he was killed by a white racist cop, but it's not relevant that all the people I've ever dealt with in business are Jewish, why is it not relevant? Uh, and then to go to Dave Chappelle in his SNL monologue, I'm, God,
0: I'm glad you brought that up because in the second half after the intermission, I'm gonna go through a couple of these clips. You Say, okay. say exactly what you wanna say about this because I have another Chappelle uh, question for you.
1: Well, he's just, uh, he's masterful with words and he said, if they're black, it's a gang. If they're Italian, it's the mob. And if they're Jewish, it's a coincidence (laughs) and you should never speak of it. And it's so, it's just such the right way to say it because groups of people, it's not, it's not uh, that controversial. I don't think it's controversial at all to say that groups of people tend to take care of their own, stick together a little bit. I mean, I used to work at GameStop. There were stores in the district where the store manager was black and then five of his eight staff are black. And then there's other stores where that's not the case. It's not because black people are only near that store. It's because he's like, he vibes, he he interviews 50 people and he vibes with the people that are like him and he hires them. I don't think that's bad, controversial, anything. Um, And so, you know, I think that wording is so great because if you are saying something like, hey, JFK's assassination, the mob might've had something to do with that. That doesn't mean you're racist towards all Italian people. You're like, a group of Italian people who do shady stuff might have been involved in killing him, And you should be able to say the same thing about any group of people. And if there is a group of people that are conspiring against the rest of us and they're aligned by philosophy, religious ideology, genetics, whatever it is, it should be able to be talked about. We should... It doesn't mean you're being hateful necessarily. You just want to know. You want an, a fair playing field to a degree. You want to know if there's something going
0: on. You're right. You're right. And with the and with the Chappelle thing there too, when you're talking about going away and uh, and being, um, seeing certain things, talking, speaking on behalf of Martin Lawrence, not just. Not just being the, 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 the typical consumer of celebrity hijinks and whatever the hell else you see somebody has gone nuts and you just kind of giggle and go oh boy they must have been taking some bad drugs are you sure are you sure because you know I'm I, I've uh, I, I've smoked a lot of weed in my life I've have I've you know I've been under you know certain stresses I whatever I've I've drank before I have never. I have never been forced into any kind of behavior like we see going on with people in these these really these a-listers supposedly. But with Chappelle, here's the thing: as you said, masterfully words things, um, uh, gets very very close and stands right on top of issues like whether when it comes to social engineering through the uh, the, the gender bending wars, um, dealing with the ADL and the Jewish lobby anything else like that but my question is still why does he toe the mainstream political line so much um the 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 fact where he still walks around is it just to um disarm people in the audience when he says i'm a proud democrat or i'm a democrat and this you know because that right there is such a, like, ah, oh, man, it's like you're, you're almost bringing the ball home for everybody, man. You're almost bringing the ball home for everybody. And, um, and I, I appreciate what he's able to get away with. But other times, there's been a couple of his specials that I just, I've skipped over altogether because it's just, uh, it's just, ugh. But other times, it, I mean, it's just, he's one of the, the last brilliant guys of a certain generation out there, I really do believe.
1: I agree I'm a I'm a huge fan some people think he was replaced with a clone at some point and I'm just like I I don't buy that because I think doing what he does is hard and I don't think you can just replace him like you might be able to replace Paul McCartney you can replace a guitar player Um, but I, I think what Dave Chappelle does is kind of special I agree that it's super frustrating when he says some of that stuff maybe those are things he agreed to say When he came back, he did have to do the Oprah interview. You do the sit down. uh, You get kind of – you have to explain yourself, of course, within the lines. And then he got the big Netflix deal, which is great. Uh, Netflix wasn't around before. Of course, Netflix is interesting. There's the massive investment from the Obamas and the royal family. And uh, uh, what was the other crazy thing about Netflix? Wasn't it that – Isn't Edward Bernays' son or something like that, the founder of Netflix?
0: I forget. I forget, but I remember the Bernays connection.
1: Yeah, it makes me want to look it up, but, you know, you don't do that on a live show. Bad etiquette. But I'm pretty sure there's a really strong connection, like his son or his, his grandson. And that's just another one of those things that it's like, God, is anything organic? Does anyone just start a company that actually becomes successful and becomes a household name? You know, you hear about Zuckerberg, stole the, the idea from someone, you know, uh, a weird little Jewish guy, I guess, uh, gets brought into the Bilderberg Club. And it's like, okay, you're the figurehead for this.
0: Oh, yeah. It's, then we, we learn about, world. you learn about InQtel um and, and and all of their investments uh, Google uh what Twitter obviously became was just a quirky little microblogging site and now you have all of these uh these these skeevy business and, and government uh people talking about no this is this is the uh, the public square and of course it's a public square with with their rules that they want to attach to it just very weird so it's things that um Things that were organic become co-opted, and then there's also things that are just uh, strangely suggest, uh, strangely successful from the get-go, like FTX, for example. Strangely successful from the get-go, uh, uh, launched about 13 days after the uh, the the Joe Biden announcement of his, his candidacy, and it became such a huge part of his uh, fundraising, uh, camp uh, fundraising uh, modes. So, I mean. It, it it serves a number of masters, but I guess it all gets just funneled into one. And uh, yeah, I nothing. Everything's very disheartening. They're still and we have listen. To what we still have coming up, um, they still have to complete a couple of swindles with this election that's now a week old. Um, we're going to have to live through the indictment of Donald Trump. That is going to be a, a done. So they're going to drag us through that now too. Uh, th- this is going to be. Uh, they, they want to actually just shit on our Thanksgiving turkeys. If they can actually do that, I really do believe that they would send a person to every family in the country. They would shit on everybody's turkey if they could, but they don't have the resources.
1: Right, right. And, you know, the bringing up FTX again made me think about this other story I was thinking I might try to run through here that you might be familiar with. Maybe not. But have you heard about this Nikolai... Mushigan guy. He was the co-founder of MakerDAO. MakerDAO is a big company in the crypto space. They're like a—they have a stable coin. They are kind of like a crypto. They're not really an FTX, but they're a DAO. They're a decentralized autonomous organization. It's a group of people that speculate, I guess, together. Maybe somewhat adjacent to a crypto hedge fund. But anyway, the guy who was the co-founder of MakerDAO. I'm gonna just. Read this. It's a post by the Coin Bruce. It's a uh, Reddit post from the conspiracy subreddit. But he says, Nikolai, the co-founder of MakerDAO, his last tweet was in reference to a CIA-funded pedo blackmail ring being run out of the Bahamas and that he would likely be killed. A day later, he washes up dead on a beach in Puerto Rico. He says he, quote, knows things and is going to go public. And that child porn was placed on his laptop by his ex-girlfriend, who he says is a spy. Three days later, CoinDesk publishes leaked financials for the largest crypto fund based out of, you guessed it, the Bahamas. That's where FTX is based out of. And so this guy did die. I mean, and his last post was saying that he thinks he uncovered a pedo, a CIA-funded pedo blackmail ring out of the Bahamas. And then this... uh, Sam Bankman Freed is is out of there, too. And there's a weird story about how the top ten people at Alameda slash FTX were all dating each other. The CEO of Alameda looks like a child, that girl. It's like, you put her in charge of billions of dollars of funds? She doesn't seem very intelligent. I mean, was this ever? Uh, even, this,
0: even this Bankman guy, uh, the, 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 the specimens that they choose to make the front men uh, I, I mean I think that they go for I think they go for the stereotypical eccentric um, tech savant you know kind of like fidgety Bill Gates type um, and and they I, but it's just like he's very awkward in every interview I've ever seen him do. And then when I see these known associations, absolutely and I'll tell you, Greg, the the thing that that uh, the biggest red flag for me is the MIT the MIT connection all the way through. That's more Gates, more Epstein, uh, the Aaron Schwartz story. I don't know how far you've gone into the Aaron Schwartz story, but uh, that, that does cross the, uh, the, the pedophilia line down uh, there as well, uh, in, in East Asia and elsewhere. So when I see a big collection of MIT veterans and uh, alumna, especially when it comes around a defunct financial institution or a genetic project like this, I just, I I can't help but think the most gnarly things.
1: I'm with you. And I do hope people are able to separate in their mind what crypto can be versus what these crypto companies are becoming. Like I said, it really is just the same old banking tricks of fractional reserve banking in the crypto space. And I don't know if you heard about that Crypto.com scandal, but Crypto.com, big company. They sponsor the UFC. Matt Damon did a big ad for them. Well, looking at my notes here, I think it was $400 million. The story was that they accidentally sent $400 million worth of crypto to a rival exchange, Gate.io. Just an error. We sent it to the wrong wallet. Oops. Well... Apparently, there's a deeper story that Gate.io needed to verify that they had enough reserves, you know, deposit reserves for all the leveraged loaning they were doing. So it just so happens that they get four hundred million dollars, have to verify that they have money, and then they send it back to Crypto.com. Whoops! <laughs> and there's a there's a current running through crypto commentators right now that are speculating that maybe they're all like this. Maybe they're all so over-leveraged 50, 100x that if you go to get your money out, it's not there. And that any one of them, all of them, would just collapse because of what they've been doing and, and trading derivatives on derivatives, you know, things that are too complex for me. But it shouldn't be rocket science to take the money and hold it there <laughs> And then when people need it, they can get it. And you might be able to make interest off their money. Fine. But don't loan it out to someone else. Don't reinvest it over here when you can't get it. It is like the old Seinfeld bit where he was trying to get a, a car reservation. And they're like, oh, they well, he goes to the place. And they're like, oh, we don't have a car for you. He's like, but I have a reservation. They're like, Yeah, we, we don't have a car. He's like, but the reservation keeps the car here. That's why you make the reservation. Anyone can just take reservations. But you got to have the car here. And that's exactly what I think is happening. So many businesses operate like this. It's shocking because it's so bold. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know how a person sleeps at night when they're over-leveraged like this.
0: I know. That's why I love that you and I, people like us, and and people out there who own mom-and-pop shops for one thing or another, a vacuum repair shop, uh, we open up in the morning. We get our work in. If, if people, you know, they want to become sponsors, they want to become customers, they, uh, they, 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 there's a mutual exchange there, and there's always something to take away. There's always something to give, and everybody is satisfied at the end of the day. How people could deal in the imaginary, could deal in IOUs, can deal in anything like that to such massive proportions and to have that actually be the basis of everything we're sitting on right now Greg you know we can talk about FTX right now being over leveraged and having no reserves but that is the story of our economy that's the the story of the the world economy there's no reserves there's nothing there this is all imaginary
1: that's exactly what I'm saying this is an old game and I think these just young people just aren't that good at it or maybe the system wants to put the kibosh on crypto, or they just want to wait until they're ready with their rollout. So they've got all these companies that they know are over leveraged and they can just sync one or the other anytime they want. You know, we'll see what happens in a month from now, if crypto.com is okay, or if Gate.io is okay, or if Coinbase is okay, you Mm -hmm. know? They can probably sync anyone they want and they're probably gonna have, they have those aces up their sleeve for when they need them. you know, the Binance guy, there's now talk about him. He's the one who kind of got the ball rolling calling out uh, Sam and FTX, and now people are like, well, what about you, man? How's Binance's reserves? And it's like not a conversation he wants to have.
0: <laughs> well, I think after FTX, I mean, if, if I were going to call somebody out like that and I were you know you know presiding over Binance or anything like that I would make sure that we have all of our ducks in order if we do have reserves just because if somebody just turns the eye over here if you have one major exchange that goes down that that's enough in itself to cast doubt on for, to cast doubt on anybody's uh, little A hill of beans that you have with other exchanges that might not be as prestigious as FTX. So, uh, I mean, that's that's the whole point on a bank run. uh, It's one person's skepticism, one person's fear turns into a a, you know just a cattle uh, a cattle charge, and it's uh, it's very hard to stop the negative momentum at that point. But um, man, uh, well, Greg, if you don't have a if first of all, if you got anything else you want to add, go right ahead. But uh, please let people know a little bit more about what, where, what they can expect out of the Higher Side Chats in the coming weeks and months, where to find everything that you do. Uh, you've already given me so much time. I can't tell you how grateful I am, and I can't wait to have you back.
1: Man, you're the best. You're the best. Uh, yeah, the thehiresidechats.com, anywhere you find podcasts. I do long-form two-hour interviews. The first hour is free. The second hour is a subscription. I found that model to be superior to sponsors and advertisers, so that's the way we do it. It is funded by the people who want to hear more of it, and where you know, and especially in the comedy space and podcasting, there's a lot of shows where they don't prepare much and they just meander to the next ad break because you got to churn out shows as much as you can. And uh, inversely, I just do five shows a month for the eight bucks a month, and. I'm quite happy. Uh, George Wiseman was a popular guest we had last year. He sells a, a machine called the Aqua Cure. It's a it mixes hydrogen in with the water, and you can you can bubble the water, or drink, uh, or breathe in the gas. And his premise is that we are all hydrogen deficient. We used to get it through our food, but it's not in the soil. It's not making its way to the food, and we're nitri- we're uh, hydrogen deficient. And when you use his machine, apparently a wide range of autoimmune issues and just general allergies and tiredness, it all seems to go away. Well, it was like one of the most popular interviews I did last year. He, he's coming back. He's going to be the next one to go up. Um, I also interviewed uh, Dr. Cantor, uh, Jerry Cantor. He wrote a book called Sane Asylums. He went back and did a deep dive into the early 1900s and found that there were all kinds of uh, asylums, almost utopian type asylums, treating people humanely, using homeopathy and acupuncture, and they were vastly more popular than the Rockefeller network of insane asylums that were more like torture prisons, and that has been wiped from history. Hmm. You can go through psychiatry, the whole field, you'll never learn about that stuff. It's not in the Rockefeller education books. But he brought it all out. He calls it like reviving the Dead Sea Scrolls of psychiatry, which I thought was a good term. Uh, He's coming up. um, Yeah, just doing the thing, trying to uh, beat back uh, the totalitarian tiptoe, the crypto. Techno fascist takeover that seems to be right on our doorstep, man.
0: At, at all times, at all times. But you know what? Uh, your your show is one of those places I can go to, and uh, what, no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm cleaning up the yard or you know cleaning the bathroom or whatever the hell, it's a nice weekend excursion, and uh, I've I found a lot of great great subjects to uh, to expand on with my own show especially with you coming on we did ter- I waited to do terrain theory with you I waited to do a couple other things with you uh, I, I met um, I think for the I think the uh, Corey Daniel the Phoenix Enigma oh, yeah. I, I, I found Corey actually I heard Corey Daniel for the first time on your show. I thought it was an awesome breakdown on the occult Freemason uh, uh, underpinnings of, of Phoenix, Arizona. And then we got linked up down the line, and uh, I didn't know it was him at first. And all of a sudden, we, I said, wait a second, you were on the higher side chats. And uh, he said, yeah, absolutely. And he had found, I said, this is, I can't wait. So, that's, so there's been a couple of serendipitous things that have uh, kind of linked our shows together. And now... Now, we're buddies, so that's cool. Enjoy yourself, man. It's been a great time with you tonight. Hiresidechats.com. I have the link in the description. And uh, looking forward to having you back.
1: For sure, man. Yes, the uh, girl-dad duo of Conspiracy Podcasting. You got the best bumpers in the business, man. I appreciate you having me here. I'm a better host than I am a guest, but I am honored to take the time to talk to you.
0: Absolutely. And one day, the children will play together. But from now until then, be well and stay safe. Cheers, man. Cheers. Be well. Take care. He has his uh, cervezas. I have my... I think this is just... uh, This is my Berkey water with a little bit of salt in there. Sea salt. This is the, quite frankly, coffee, though. I brewed it at home. I put it in my little thermos over here. It stays piping hot. So I'm just going... I don't know. Going back and forth between the two. All right. We are going to take a really quick break. When we come back, we're going to our Super Chats. Remember, quite frankly, Super Chat quite frankly superchat.com it is a brand new ball game ladies and gentlemen we have set up on quite frankly superchat.com a new portal with a new host company that allows you to sidestep that skeevy paypal that everybody didn't want to uh, interact with well now uh, we have that all worked out and you can interact with the show you can contribute some thoughts and you can sponsor me for the evening with as little as $2, I had to make $2 because there's a 30 cent, 36 cent fee. It's not 30%, it's like a 36 cent fee. So a dollar means like 69, so I said, okay, well two, $2. So as little as $2 and you could use whatever the hell else other than PayPal. And I can't wait to read and welcome many of you back into the fold. All right, and another, another thing there too is, ladies and gentlemen, I have a lot of friends that have become affiliates of the show. Great products and services all over the country. Very small, American-owned businesses, veteran-owned businesses. We've got coffee. We've got cigars. I've got a new cigar coming out. It's called the Jester. Lefty's Cigars is making it for me. It's a six-inch Connecticut wrap, and it's going to have a nice hint of vanilla. So it's called the Jester. That's going to be up on Lefty's Cigars soon for the holidays. There's so many things that we, we do to set up to make um, to make uh, shopping and really cool product lines available, but just like Greg Carlwood, this show is crowd-sponsored. This is my little shop, my little shop of not horrors for all of you, and I, uh, I'm always so appreciative when I get to meet a new monthly sponsor, and the Sunday sponsor shows have been so great. We did another workout session yesterday, did the pull-ups and the push-ups sat in horse stance for a while, talked some good stuff, played some uh, hair metal. It was nice. It was cold outside, but it was nice. That's what you get, just a, a glimpse of things you get as a sponsor. So thank you guys. We'll be right back with the Chappelle's uh, clips, your super chats, and whatever the hell else we can fit in. Don't go anywhere.
2: Ready?
0: Now entering Quite frankly.
1: Quite frankly.
0: Quite frankly. Quite
1: frankly. Quite frankly.
2: Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly.
1: Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly! Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly? Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. Quite frankly. We all support quite frankly. Quite frankly. Let's go, Brandon. Not quite. Quite frankly, in Roma, Italia. I
0: really like you. You're very
1: smart. So everybody watch. Quite frankly. With Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you.
0: Okay. Welcome back, ladies and gents. It's 827. Now, we have a great Monday night planned for you on QuiteFrankly.tv. It's uh, Mystery Movie Monday. I don't know what movies are being played just yet, but maybe I'll get an email or a text message or something soon. I would like to call your attention to the website real quick. Real quick. Because not big changes, but I just like... The smooth changes. Smoothness. Let me get out of the way. Now you can see it. Let me see everybody in the chat rooms on the, uh, on the website watching the show over there. There is uh, Susie and Linda Love and Stax and Jay Brewskis just all having a good time. Now, on the front page, ladies and gentlemen, underneath the... I don't know what... See, underneath the show that you can watch right there. You have all of your options, of course, where you can watch the show live. This is why I say, at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, if you don't find me live on YouTube or anywhere else that you usually go to, just get to the website, and uh, you can take your pick of where else. It could be Twitch, DLive. It's all there, one click away. 7 p.m., we're live. Uh, Under there, under the rotating banner, there is the upcoming guest calendar. You can always see that. You see Greg Carlwood tonight. Jason Burmis tomorrow, Joel Ballman on uh, on Wednesday, then Jay Gulenello the day before Thanksgiving. Good stuff. It's all there. Then you have your our blogs, and then at the bottom the footer, your Instagram that's fed in, and the Twitter and all that stuff. Now uh, on sponsor us, I put, I put uh, Lauren put in the new super chat. You can actually find the super chat uh, button right there too, in case you wanted to leave a super chat for the show to be read on air in the off hours, which uh, was capable of doing the last time. About, we switched up a lot of things. I took out some old links. We put in the truth and the getter and whatever. So that's all there. The on-demand I think is really nice and tidy now. All the places you can get the show, video on-demand, audio on-demand. The big thing I want to make sure everybody knows is that all the music that I have featured and will continue to feature and continue to find and uh, and collect for the show is right here on the quite frankly mixtape the quite frankly mixtape that is uh is gathered on spotify it's a spotify mixtape that is um that's all there too so if you want to listen to the music from the show the eclectic mix of music but the big thing here ladies and gents is the forum I want to make sure people know about the forum because we have about 400 members or so right now Um, And I want to get this into the thousands because we had about 18,000 members on reddit I know some of them were coming in from the sharing that people were doing um, inside of the much larger reddit platform, but I still would love to invite everybody we have in a very large audience of our own to get active on the forum, especially those who did not get involved with Reddit because they didn't want to be on Reddit. Well, here it is. Go over there and um, make a thread, contribute to another thread. Maybe we'll feature it on the the show, and I, I can't wait to do that. I also want to give a birthday shout out. To StosTube, well, Christos's wife, Sarah. Here's what he says. Frank, can you please throw a birthday shout-out for my wonderful, intelligent, beautiful wifey Sarah? Hope all is well, and thank you. I love those two so much. They've been good to me, this show, and all of my friends. Thank you, and I hope that uh, Sarah has a good one, or had a good one. I don't know if it was tonight or something else. I also want to start making another announcement. Everybody knows that me, my family, we get together on Sunday nights, we made a, this tradition I think last Christmas or whatever it was and we didn't want to stop and that was we got together and we made fun of Hallmark Christmas movies because they're predictable and there's, there's no real conflict there and the characters are ridiculous and it just made us feel good inside and uh, it's nice. Well, I want to let you in on all the things that we're going to be watching. Last, last night, we watched a, uh, a movie on Hallmark Mysteries and whatever the hell it's called. It was called Never Kiss a Man in a Christmas Sweater, and that was funny. That was funny. We were able to tear into that one pretty good. But in case you guys and gals want to do this with us next week, we always start the, uh, we always start the main feature around 7.30 p.m., because that's when Aurora is in bed, and we we're able to, you know, all get and, you know, put her in bed and then we all get together in the living room and and then we uh, we watch the, the feature of the evening. The feature next week, in case you guys want to DVR this, it's on Hallmark. It's called Christmas in Vienna. Okay? It's, and, and I picked this one. I, I lobbied. I said we have to do this one next week because they're in Vienna and it's a christmas time i guess and there's a there's an orchestra and the the main the main character is a dispirited violinist so i a dispirited violinist so i guess he's just kind of mopey violinist who's not in the christmas spirit i hope he's like more depressed that would be funnier so uh just letting you know christmas in vienna and at some point we're going to watch the the new, um, the sequel to A Christmas Story, that's coming. I think that comes out next week. The sequel to A Christmas Story is coming out. So um, we might watch that earlier on in the, in, in the Sunday afternoon. And then Christmas in Vienna is going to be our thing. I don't know what we should do afterwards because there's got to be a review. There's got to be a little bit of a review that we have fun with this and bring you guys and gals in on it. But... I'll figure that out. For now, i just let you know what we're watching, and yeah, we had a good time last night. All right, into the Super Chats we go. Quite frankly, superchat.com. Brand new for everybody out there who doesn't want to bother with PayPal, or they can if they want. The choice is yours. All right, reset. Let's go. Hold on. No, 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 no. What the hell's going on here? Show me okay, there we go. Whew. I thought I lost all the super chats. Sean Haig says Mark Randolph, Netflix, is in fact the double nephew of Edward Edward Bernays and Sigmund Freud. Well, we knew we knew the connection between Bernays and Freud. We were talking about that when Jay Dyer was on one of the last times he was on, and we were talking about Tavistock. Because Bernays was linked to Tavistock. And um but thank you for that, Sean. Uh, Silky Johnson says, Since you talked about the strangest, the strangeness of Hollyweird, uh, have you ever heard of the theory that there's a group of fake celebrity deaths? I heard about it when Paul Walker died. No clue how to confirm or investigate it. If true, wonder why they do it and not delete. Oh, I don't... I, I mean, I hear about that stuff, but I don't know the... I don't know the, the whole story. I hear about Hollywood clones and... Um, yeah, uh, Jeffrey Peterson, you're a Jeffrey Peterson who came on to talk about the Arizona mafia. I already told him I got in touch with him again because he got kicked off Twitter and elsewhere. I said, listen, Jeff, uh, when the swindle in Arizona is complete, if they actually do do this, if they take this away from Carrie Lake, because if she does win now, it's going to be such a nail biter an inconceivable nail biter. Compared to what we know uh, uh, how she was stacking up against that non-existent Katie Hobbs the entire year. But if they do take the whole thing, maybe regardless if they take it or not, just based on what they have done to the state up until this point. I got to have them on for another 15 minute refresher about the Arizona Mafia because this is not this is obviously the, the, the stay behinds of the McCain crew. But um, there's a lot bigger things going on. Jeffrey was concentrating on the the presen- the presence of the Mexican PRI and the Democrat Party, and so maybe we'll bring him on soon for a little refresher. Uh, let's see. Silky Johnson says, Hey, Frank, the Saturn show with Ryan Gable was fantastic. I'm listening to it multiple times because of how dense it was with really cool information. There's a lot of stuff to look into. Speaking of Saturn, have you ever, uh, check out the radio emission sound of it? Creepy. Yes. Very creepy. And what we did with Ryan Gable is that is is very basic, very basic stuff because, um, there's a lot more cult with the the Saturnalia stuff. I mean, True Detective Season 1, that'll get you going. That'll get you going on that. I'm telling you, that is an OG series at this point, because that came out 2014. That is a few years before the John Podesta emails. And they gave you a lot. They gave you a lot. They give you a pretty good amount in Season 2 as well, even though it's a little bit Harder to follow along and disjointed for one reason or another. But season one, True Detective, if you haven't watched it yet, definitely should. Incredible performances there. Dark. John Mokudin says, Frank, thanks Frank and the Quite Frankly team for informing. And NT. E-N-E-N-T, oh, must be entertaining. I appreciate you. Thank you. I like this because I can read all of these super chats a lot easier than the one before. They don't break them up awkwardly. And um, and you got a good amount of, I think, like 255 characters. That's pretty good. Shotzi, thank you, says, here's a little something for the music room. Yeah, uh, Mike is actually linking Derek up with the team viewer in our music room because I'm looking at all. Uh, I told you I, w- I was looking into a new computer for that room. I don't think so. We don't use, I mean, the amount of streaming we're going to do in that room is not going to justify $1,500. So I just want to see if there's something, what we can do to refurbish the computer that's already there to make it serviceable. It's just not, it's just a lot of money. We still have to buy, we're getting, uh, mixers and new lighting and a whole bunch of other stuff, but I don't think that we're going to be replacing the, uh, the computer anymore. Mark Swan says, this new site won't let me pay for my FTX account. I wonder why. I wonder why. And I want to thank Freebie on the Discord and Karina on the Discord for helping me over the weekend. They sent in a couple of $1 tips over the weekend to help me test this. I believe that they have all been refunded, even though they they said, no, 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 please, no refunds. Well, no. Refunds for you all. I want to thank you so dearly for helping me out, though. All right, into the Rumble. Rumble, we've got a nice Rumble rant from Rose, Ma, uh, Rose Among Thorns. It says, all the Hollyweird crazy crap reminds me of Rod Serling's Twilight Zone. Oh, it most definitely is just like that. Now onto the Foxhole, which is right there on QuiteFrankly.tv. Sean Joe, thank you. Frank, I am up by Warwick, New York. Nice vineyard up here. That must be so great it must be great just to be living around vineyards long island is just gorgeous Boyce blanc gifted thank you so much uh bro dudes as dominion machines mail-ins ballot harvesting our turnout was there however we can't overcome the above yeah you know what's really incredible to me i was looking at. you know i'm i'm subscribe to a whole bunch of people on telegram because just like twitter it's a good place of just grabbing things good ideas for conversation starters uh things to to back up stories that we're going to cover and whatever and when i look at people like jack Pasobic at this point who are you know the um the reality in places like arizona starting to set in these are people who are saying things like hold the line hold the line and um and I know you got to keep your your spirits up. But when I see people like Jack Pasobic and and Car- uh, Charlie Kirk talking about how if we don't get with the uh the ballot harvesting, then we're going we're going to lose every election coming on in. If they have 2000 mules, we need 4000 mules. I actually saw that line. And I'm saying like what's the fucking point? Uh so we're being told now if we want to win It's impossible to win legally, so now we need to play the Game Genie game. I don't know if you guys remember this. Some of you don't remember. But for like NES, Sega, all that stuff, you can go out and get Game Genie. You can put the game cartridges into the Game Genie cartridge. Then you put it in there, and it prompts you with a startup that you can put in cheat codes for any video game that you like. And then you can go in there with God Mode or Invincibility or Unlimited Ammo or something like that. And now, uh, what I'm what I'm learning from people is that we need to go into the election with better cheat codes than the other person. And this is somehow what? I mean, why should I even vote now? Just throw throw an extra one in for me. <laughs> I don't. This is just so fucked up. And then they're going to and then they're going to indict Trump. That's still going to happen. They're still going to wage war. It's all part of the war that they're waging on his candidacy for 2024. Oh, this is this is screwy. And then we still don't know how the hell all the uh, all the wars in the East are going to trickle into our our experience, both economically, supply line, cyber, all that stuff. So, just incredible time. Incredible time. Going to get more incredible. Uh, let's see. Boyce Blanc, thank you. Stow we all love, quite frankly, with Frank. Thank you, too. Linda Love says, great guest, Frank. I'm glad you like it, Linda. I love when Greg Carlwood comes on. I need to invite him back more often. It's just my... I just I just take a long time to get back around to certain people. And I gotta, I just got to put a big board with all of my uh, guests up there so I can see their names every day and say, it's been a month, let's bring him back. Swickley says, speaking of Hollywood, whatever happened to Mel Gibson? Well, he's, he's acting and directing still. I'd love to get him on the show. I think I'm, I'm, not, I'm not big enough for Mel Gibson to respond to, I don't think. Captain Flint, thank you. And Porpoiseful, thank you so much. All right. All right. Let me see. Anybody on uh, and people hanging out on Rockfin always having a good time too. Can't thank you guys and gals enough. Alrighty, let's go into Chappelle. Here's the first thing I want to bring up. Number one is the New York Post. Dave Chappelle's SNL monologue slammed by guess who? The ADL for normalizing guess what? Anti-Semitism. <laughs> I'm going to start calling everything everybody does around me that I don't like anti-Semitic. I'm just going to start doing it. It'll confuse them. Dave Chappelle's opening monologue on Saturday Night Live was blasted by the head of the Anti-Defamation League for popularizing anti-Semitism. Uh, we shouldn't expect Dave Chappelle to serve as society's moral compass, but disturbing... to see, Moral co- He's a fucking comedian. I can't stand the language that these freaks roll out. ADL CEO Jonathan Greenblatt says, "Moral compass, but disturbing to see NBC not just normalize but popularize anti-Semitism. N- n- nothing of the sort. Moral compass for the for the uh, amoral country. For the amoral country, we have we need our, our comedians to be moral compasses. Just think about that ridiculousness." Why are Jewish sensitivities denied or diminished at almost every turn? Why does our trauma trigger applause? Sensitivities denied or diminished? I think the whole problem here, Jonathan, is that when certain Jewish people's sensitivities are triggered, everybody who is responsible for the triggering loses everything that they own or they at least face a, in a, a massive amount of backlash that they carry with them for a considerable amount of time, and uh, if they do proper penance, they're allowed to get back to some sort of normalcy. That's a, I mean, the, the, even that in itself is such a fucking melodramatic, nonsensical statement. Why are Jewish sensitivities denied or diminished at almost every turn? What are you talking about? this is this, and this is why people are more and more asking questions like this am i missing something let's listen to it a little bit here's the opening here's the opening this might get me taken down on youtube but i'm going to i'm going to i'll put him on screen a little bit i'll take him off screen hopefully the audio isn't enough to just trigger it but here is the opening statement he had to uh, he had to give a little bit of a disclaimer this in itself was brilliant
2: But before I start tonight, I just wanted to read a brief statement that I prepared. (laughs) I denounce anti-Semitism in all its forms. (laughs) And I stand with my friends in the Jewish community. And that, Kanye, is how you buy
0: yourself some time. That's how you buy yourself some t- Genuflect. Genuflect. And, uh, okay. I've
2: probably been doing this uh, 35 years now. And early in my career, I learned that there are two words in the English language that you should never say together in sequence. And those words are the and juice. <laughs> Never heard someone
0: do good after they said that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know why it's funny? Because it's true. Uh, I mean, that's why people are laughing. Maybe some of them are laughing nervously, but it's not a canard. It's not a canard. Uh, he- here, uh, here's a little bit more. This one's a two-minute clip. This is a, uh, a, this is actually a. Um, what it, what do you call it? A something? Collage? What do you call this? Highlight reel? Anyway, it was actually clipped together by an account that put it out there to show how demeaning he was. To ju- so I actually took this from an account who thought that this was an example of just how anti-Semitic he was. I, I, I thanked them on Twitter. I said, oh, thank you for clipping this together for me because this is hilarious. But, um... Here you go, minute 54.
2: This is a rule. You know, the rules of perception. If, if they're black, then it's a gang. If they're Italian, it's a mob. But if they're Jewish, it's a coincidence, and you should never speak about it. <laughs> well, I, I know the Jewish people have been through terrible things all over the world, but, 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 but you can't blame that on black Americans. You just, you just can't. You know what I mean? Thanks to the one person that said <laughs> A fair punishment would be he should just post a link to Schindler's List, and y'all write your own captions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been to Hollywood. No do want y'all to get mad at me. I'm just telling you, I've been to Hollywood. This is just what I saw. It's a lot of juice. <laughs> Ferguson, Missouri. Let me <laughs> run a place. <laughs> I could see if you had some kind of issue, you know what I mean? You might go out to Hollywood and your mind might, might start connecting some kind of lines and you could maybe adopt the delusion that the Jews run show business. It's not a crazy thing to think. No. But it's a crazy thing to say out loud. It's kind of like this. It shouldn't be this scary to talk about anything. It's making my job incredibly difficult. And to be honest with you, I'm getting sick of talking to a crowd like this. I love you to death. And I thank you for your support. And I hope they don't take anything away from me. <laughs>
0: Whoever they are. Whoever they are. Uh, yeah, no, though, I... I didn't watch anything, uh, any of the skits or anything like that. I knew that the monologue was going to be something <laughs> else. There was one other thing I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, he he talked a little bit more about Trump, and um, and you'll see this. This this is two two minutes left, but I, I'll, maybe I'll say this for tomorrow or or somewhere else. But I wanted to do something else. I want to show you. I want this is going to be a really quick read. I know it's eight fifty four. Really quick read. It's from the Los Angeles Times. Just something I kept. I, I keep a lot of things. I keep a lot of things, ladies and gentlemen. And, um, oh, Decision Desk. The Decision Desk uh, headquarters projects Katie Hobbs has been elected governor in Arizona. They took it away. They even took the, they took it away. They sat on it, and they did it, and they just, it's their country. That's it. That's it. You're not going to vote them out. You're not going to vote them out. No way in hell. Yeah, you go get your mules, and we'll have a mule war. Wow. Boy, oh, boy. There you go. Well, I'm glad I didn't get my hopes up with that. Anyway, Los Angeles Times Who runs Hollywood? This was written by one Joel Stein, December 19th, 2008. Okay. Joel Stein says, who runs Hollywood? Come on. That's what he, that's the headline. I have never been so upset by a poll in my life. Only 22% of Americans now believe, quote, the movie and television industries are pretty much run by Jews, end quote, down from nearly 50% in 1964. The Anti-Defamation League, which released the poll results last month, sees in these numbers a victory against stereotyping. Actually, it just shows how dumb America has gotten. Jews totally run Hollywood, says Joel Stein in 2008. How deeply Jewish is Hollywood? When the studio chiefs took out a full-page ad in Los Angeles Times a few weeks ago to demand that Screen Actors Guild settle its contract, the open letter was signed by News Corp. President Peter Chernin, Jewish, Paramount Picture Chairman Brad Gray, Jewish, Walt Disney uh, Company Chief Executive uh, Robert Iger, Jewish, Sony Pictures Chairman Michael Linton, surprise, Dutch Jew, Warner Brothers Chairman Barry Meyer, Jewish, CBS Corps Chief Executive Leslie Moonves, so Jewish his great uncle was the first Prime Minister of Israel. MGM chairman Harry Sloan, Jewish, and NBC Universal chief executive Jeff Zucker, mega-Jewish. Now, we know Zucker went to CNN and now elsewhere. If either of the Weinstein brothers had signed, this group would have not only only the power to shut down all film production, but to form a minion with enough Fiji water on hand to fill a mikvah. I don't even know what the hell that is, but it sounds Jewish. The person they were yelling at in that ad was SAG president Alan Rosenberg, take a guess. This, these are all side comments about a person's uh, Jewishness or Gentileness by Joel Stein. This is not me editorializing. The seething rebuttal to the ad was written by entertainment super agent Ari Emanuel, Jew with Israeli parents. On Huffington on the Huffington Post which is owned by Ariana Huffington not Jewish as never worked out in Hollywood And has never worked in Hollywood uh, The Jews are so dominant that I had to scour the trades to come up with six Gentiles in high positions At entertainment companies when I called them to talk about their incredible advancement five of them refused to talk to me Apparently out of fear of insulting Jews the sixth AMC president Charlie Collier turned out to be jewish as a proud jew i want america to know about our accomplishment yes we control hollywood without us you'd be flipping between the 700 club and davy and goliath on tv all day that might actually be (laughs) think about how wholesome a country this would have been actually so I've taken it upon myself to reconvince America that Jews run Hollywood by launching a public relations campaign because that's what we do best. I'm weighing several slogans, including Hollywood, more Jewish than ever. Hollywood, from, people, uh, from the people who brought you the Bible. And Hollywood, if you enjoy TV and movies and you probably like Jews after all. I called ADL chairman Abe Foxman, who was in Santiago, Chile, where he told me to my dismay he was not hunting Nazis. He dismissed my whole uh, proposition, saying that the number of people who think Jews run Hollywood is still too high. The ADL poll he pointed out showed that 59% of Americans think Hollywood executives, quote, do not share the religious and moral values of most Americans, end quote, and think 43% think the entertainment industry is waging an organized campaign to, quote, weaken the influence of religious values in this country. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to look a little bit deeper into the Weimar Republic and what was going on culturally there, too. It's kind of creepy. That's a sinister canard, Foxman said. It means they think Jews meet at Cantor Deli on Friday mornings to decide what's best for the Jews. Foxman's argument made me rethink, I have to eat at Cantor's more often. Uh, That's a very dangerous phrase, Jews control Hollywood. What what, uh, is true is that there are a lot of Jews in Hollywood, he said, instead of control. Foxman would prefer people say that many executives in the industry happen to be Jewish, as in all eight major film studios are run by men who happen to be Jewish. But Foxman said he is proud of the accomplishments of American Jews. Quote, I think Jews are disproportionately represented in the creative industry. They're disproportionate as lawyers and probably medicine here as well, he said. He argues that this does not mean that Jews make pro-Jewish movies any more than they do pro-Jewish surgery uh the the which is a which a it's it's a valid point, but it's just as far as the canard that no no though there's not a a seriously out in the open monopoly on media messaging not only in news and broadcast and and print but also in movies and television whatever the hell it i it's just not true. To say that's that's not, that's not false. That's false. It is a monopoly. It is. I appreciate he, and then Joel Stein finishes by saying, I appreciate Foxman's concern, and maybe my life spent in New Jersey, New York, Bay Area, L.A., pro-Semitic cocoon has left me naive, but I don't care if Americans think we are running the news, media, Hollywood, Wall Street, or the government. I just care that we get to keep running them. That's 2008 December 19th by Joel Stein Los Angeles Times. It's not a canard. And and that's why Dave Chappelle, anything like that, it, it's funny. That's why when Kanye comes out and faces the fire, whether you you trust where he's coming from if he's really out of that out of the dark completely, but the fact that he's doing this stuff, that, that's why people kind of like sit back and watch with, you know, fixed Amusement and excitement like is this actually happening is this actually happening right now like that Spartacus moment, you know That's it and that's why when Dave Chappelle goes out there and turns it into a comedy bit It's funny because it's not a stereotype. It's just it's where it is where it gets worrisome is when there's an inability Because of social pressure pressure There's an inability to be serious about it and talk seriously about the subject without being slapped on the back of the wrist and uh, one thing or another happening to you. All right, well, uh, that's it for me. That's it for me, ladies and gentlemen. I will talk to you all soon, soon being tomorrow. Thank you, Sean Joe, says, Frank, Andrew Dice Clay is Jewish. His last name is Silverstein. Yes, I know. Don't bring up Andrew Dice Clay around, uh, around King. King thinks he's... Uh, well, we'll tell you, he's biting off of us. He's trying to be one of us. <laughs> yes, I know that. Thank you so much, Sean Joe, for throwing down. Um, I'm going to release the scratching over there on Foxhole. Let me see. We have anything coming up over here? Tonight's movie Monday is all about taking t- talking to aliens and time travel talking to aliens and time travel that begins on quitefrankly.tv almost immediately after we wrap up here thank you to everybody that's watching us on rumble thank you to everybody on Rockfin. we have a couple more well, one more over here troy man on quitefranklysuperchat.com the new site is awesome thanks for setting this up i'm glad you like it i'm glad you like it for some people paypal is still just the, their main their main uh way of doing Uh, smaller uh, transactions on the internet, you still have that option, but now it's credit card and debit card, bank card. You can use all that stuff if you wanted to uh, interact with the show. So there's no more holdups with PayPal. And I'm glad that so many people have already found it to be easy and appealing. There you have it. Well, thank you all so much, ladies and gents. We will be back tomorrow night. Our guest is going to be Jason Burmis. And who knows what we're going to talk about aside from the CIA's um, interest in resurrecting the woolly mammoth. I'm sure much, much more. All right? That's all. That's all I got for you tonight. Another good week underway. I can already feel it in my plums.
1: I'll catch you on the flip side.
0: Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience. And now our super chatter, starting with Troy Man, Sean Haig, Silky Johnson, John V. Mokodine, Shotzi, Mark Swan, Karina, and Freebie. Thank you. Thank you to everybody else, uh, especially to, um, to Rose Among Thorns on Rumble, all my friends. On the foxhole, you just stay right there. Monday night is just getting kicked off. Keep your pants off. Keep your pants off. Don't do that.